Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Good morning, and thank you for joining us once again. Our guest today is the lovely and talented Christina Rossell. Hello, Christina. Hi, Tammy. How are you today, my dear? I'm good. How are you? Oh, it is Friday. It's beautiful outside. My daughter's going to be home from school soon. Summer's here. Life is going to be interesting. It's going to get busy for us, isn't it? It is. It's the joy of being a mom and a business owner. It's learning yes. how to juggle everything. So would you like to tell our guests a little bit about what you do? Sure. Thanks, Tammy. Um, well, I just spent the last 22 years in broadcasting. I was, uh, for the most part, a radio host and uh, dabbled in television, also in print and published my own magazine called Brighter Business Empower. And I just kind of felt a little bit like I was hitting my head on the ceiling and that there was so much more for me to give. So uh, when I left radio two years ago now, I went back to school and I got my PR certificate. Through that course, really what I learned is that public relations is all about building beneficial mutual relationships. And I focused more on the media relations side of it, which is a very teeny tiny part when it comes to public relations. And with media relations, what I do is I help business owners find their story. I help them find their why and how they can present those stories to the media so that they can get earned media, which is where the news, somebody in the media decides that you have a newsworthy story that they want to do a story on you. And what that does for people is that really increases their credibility and their profile. So if the media is going to do a story on you, right away somebody says, oh, well, they did a story on them. They must be trustworthy. So that helps increase your profile. On the other side of it, what that does for you when it increases your profile is that people start to recognize you a little bit more. And it's really very different than advertising. Earned media just helps increase your profile, but it also helps you become a recognizable person that is really good at what you do. So earned media helps you become the authoritative speaker in your field. And along the way, I've also found that people are interested in learning how to polish their presentation skills. With the media that I do and the media releases, it's mandatory that all my clients take media training. And with that media training, we teach you how to do a proper interview, whether it's television, radio, or print. And along the way, people are saying, well, I need to learn how to take those skills and polish them when I'm presenting, whether you're presenting to board members, whether you're presenting to clients or at a networking event. So people are now coming to me to get coaching on how to present and how to polish their presentation skills when it comes to networking, when it comes to public speaking. And uh, the other thing is 
you know, if you want to do a proper elevator pitch, you need to know how to pitch yourself well. Definitely much needed skills, and I can attest to how valuable your services are. You have done so much for me. But now with me getting more into the networking and that, it's really quite amazing to see how many people that are really good at what they do and very competent, but they get so nervous whenever they have to talk to anybody about what the standard, what do you do question, and they get all flustered. I think part of that is, Tammy, is that sometimes people are really afraid of telling people of who they are and what they do. And especially when you're presenting it to people in front of their face. And they always think that when they go to a networking event, they have to pick up clients. I want to put an end to that right now. Networking isn't about you selling your product and selling you. It's about making a connection. You may not have a service or a product that the person you're talking to needs. However, they may know somebody who needs your service. So really understand that your elevator pitch is the only the 30 seconds or even up to a minute of what you're talking about is about you. If you can talk to that person and find out what they do, that's going to help you tremendously. But what if you're on the other end of it and that person is trying to find out what you do? You need to be prepared to tell your story. And that's where when we find, you know, when we do our press release, especially when it comes to a product, a product is very, very hard to find the story that's going to go into the media. So if you're doing a press release, a press release needs to be three things. It needs to be one, newsworthy. Two, it needs to evoke emotion. And three, it needs to be of value to the readers, viewers, and listeners. So now you've got this product. Say you sell a can of soup. Let's make it as simple as a can of soup. How is that can of soup newsworthy? How does it evoke emotion? And how is it of value to the readers, viewers, and listeners? So newsworthy, we have to find how it fits into the story, how it will fit into the news. So maybe you have a can of soup that you're donating to help other people. And your can of soup is extremely nutritious and you find out the the ingredients with that soup. And that soup is going to change their lives because it's healthy for them and it's going to help these people and change their lives. That's where you find your why. And that's what you need to do when you're also doing your networking. And when you're doing your elevator pitch, you need to find your story that's going to evoke emotion and you need to deliver it in a way that they're going to remember you and be memorable. I think those are also skills that every every person, especially especially every kid needs to learn for the simple fact when they're going job hunting, so many of them have no idea how to sell themselves or to differentiate themselves in a positive way. I think those are skills that we need to be teaching them in school. And it's all about building confidence too in, in what you're doing. You are really good at what you do. You just need to be able to sell it to somebody else to say, yeah, I'm really good at this. And that's all about building confidence. And then that's that part about public speaking and getting up in front of people and showing them that you have this confidence. You're really good at being a plumber, but how do you tell everybody that you're really good at being a plumber? People have a hard time in selling themselves and selling, you know, the the great things that they have to give. So you have to find that confidence. And how do you do that? You just keep doing more of it. Practice. And you record yourself, right? Practice, practice, practice. And and you're a mom. So tell us a little bit about your family situation. So I have two little boys, uh, six and eight, growing up very, very fast. Uh, my oldest will be nine this summer. Uh, very busy lives. Holy Hannah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from hockey to baseball to lacrosse to school projects to I have to feed these things. Yes. <laughs> and they haven't even hit the teenage years yet. You're, you have no idea. 
Well, right now I'm pretty thankful that they're little mice and they don't eat very much. So my, my, well, but that's also bad too, because my meal planning is I have to cook for my husband and I, and I have to cook for my children, two different meals. And everybody says, as a mother, you should never do that. Well, you know what? I choose my battles. And if I have to cook macaroni and cheese and we get steak and lobster, so be it. Okay. I understand that my daughter doesn't appreciate some of the finer things in life. And you know what? I'm okay with that. It means I don't have to share. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> steak and lobster would be like totally she'd be turning her nose up and I'm going great pork dead night <laughs> right and really the hardest part I find is staying at home and working I used to go to the office I used to go to the radio station and you know you have what you do and your show runs this way and it's you know you have a schedule so now I'm at home and I see that things need to be put away I need to do laundry I really I would say even within the last Two months started to find my structure and finding that structure is really hard to stick to. So the kids, now that my children are full-time in school, which makes a big difference, I have that window of where I need to schedule out what I'm doing every day and I'm just trying to get on track. But I have a great cheerleader in the back of my pocket and her name is Tammy (laughs) and she keeps me on track too. And that's what I think everybody needs. Everybody needs a Tammy. Everybody needs a cheerleader that reminds you that you need to do this, this, and this. In a nice, polite, forceful way that Tammy does. <laughs> as, as I've been described, I, I'll hold your hand and kick your ass, whichever is needed, and sometimes both at the same time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Absolutely. But we all need to have a Tammy, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a husband, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, child, mentor. We all need something that we can fall back on where they're making you accountable for what you're doing. Well, yeah, and it's just... No matter how experienced you are and how long you've been doing things and all this stuff, you're going to hit those rough patches and you're going, oh, why am I doing all this? When when all the demands of being a parent and a business owner and everything else go, you need to have those emergency numbers going, okay, help get me through this. Remind me why I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> so wonderful. So now that you're a mom and stuff, when you look back on on your childhood, what are some of the biggest money lessons that you learned when you were a kid, just through observation and experience? Money lessons? Money lessons. Uh, I would have to say, for me, the biggest lesson that I learned being a parent now was that I wished my parents would have talked about money. I mean, we didn't have a lot, and we had a big family, and we had a split family, but Really, I wish they would have talked more about money and how money works and and what I needed to know when I left home because I had no idea. I didn't know anything about taxes. I didn't even know how much I should make. I didn't know. Seriously, I was Tammy. I knew nothing. I did when I made my when I had my first job, and I made twenty four thousand dollars a year. I didn't know if that was good or bad. Yeah. I didn't know the cost of things, and I I wished my parents would have told me that. And that's what I teach my children now. I try to teach them the value of money. I try to teach them even the value of a dollar. And that's very, very much needed. This One of the main reasons why I have my books and why we're doing this is because money is such a taboo subject. And we want to raise our kids to be successful and have these life skills to go out into the big world. But if we never talk to them about money, we shelter them from it. They don't know, like, what does it cost to run a household? Like right. keeping the lights on and the water running and the roof over the head. They have no idea because mom and dad look after everything. Kids don't need to worry about it. Well, no, they don't need to worry about it, but they need to have an understanding. 
I think one of the hardest part though is figuring out at what age what they understand and and how to talk to them in terms that it's going to make an impact in their life. For us, um, we we buy boxed waffles, right? Mm-hmm. Frozen waffles. And they've gone up so much in price. When I first started buying these, I remember a box of 48 waffles was $8. They are $15 now. Oh, my. <laughs> so we've broken it down to how much it costs per waffle. And when my kids don't eat that, I'm like, there's, you know, so much money in the garbage. That helps them understand the value of it. Yeah, it's it's putting it into concrete terms. And it's not so much ages that I found because dealing with my own daughter and, and with other kids and stuff, because I've had a lot of parents go, well, what do, how do I teach my kids? And going, your kids will learn different things based on their personality. But yes, making it very much tangible. Like you said, okay, this is how much a, a waffle costs when you break it down. So if you're wasting it, like I tell my daughter, I have no problem feeding you or any anybody that comes to my house. Eat whatever you want, but don't right. waste it. Right. Because that's just, that's throwing away money and it irritates me. <laughs> It is, and it's also understanding what your kids are going to eat. So if they don't eat steak and lobster, don't buy it for them. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where you have to help them understand that. And the other thing is, is also understanding why mommy and daddy work so much. And, you know, for me, at one point I had four jobs, and my children didn't understand why I had four jobs. Well, I had to make up for the job that I left, making this amount of money, and four jobs added to that one job. And to help and have that conversation with them. I think you just need to be real and you need to be open about it. So what are the questions or are your kids asking questions or they're just paying attention and and you're teaching, but do they have questions yet about money and specifics? Absolutely. And they're very different children. So um, I know that some parents don't believe in uh, doing chores for money, but that is something that we do in our house because I find that my children work more when they have a reward for it. So my oldest son, uh, he's added it all up. So per chore, he gets 25 cents. And he said, well, when do I get a raise? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First off, he actually complained about actually only getting 25 cents. And I said, well, I'm putting these dishes away. Guess how much I'm making? Yeah. (laughs) I said, nothing. So you're making more than I am by doing this. So he was really smart about it. I said, okay, I will give you a raise. I will double your salary. So 50 cents per chore. If you do your chores every day for two weeks without being told. And how's that working? Done. He did it. Oh, you got to like the ones that are financially motivated. (laughs) So now he's really good because he's excited because he gets 50 cents per chore. Whereas my little guy, he's also quite smart because he knows they now have bank cards. And he knows that he has money in the bank. However, he just wants to spend it all. And he doesn't care that he doesn't get more money for chores because he has X amount of dollars in the bank. Oh. And then once that's gone, he knows that somebody's just going to replenish that and he's going to get money for birthdays. And he's a little bit more of a struggle. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make this kid understand this a little bit more. But again, he's only six. So six and, you know, eight, big difference. Yes, especially at that age, like, Every month is a big difference for maturity right. and, and learning and all of that. So, right. how do you like? So you you're 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 married in that, and you grew up in one family, and your husband another. What are some of the things that you're learning as being a married mom? That how your family handled things and the top subject of money is very different from your spouse's family. 
Well, we come from very, very two different backgrounds. Um, however, the similarity between us is that we both had split parents and both parents remarried. Um, and you've got one parent who worked extremely hard to make it to where she is today. Um, and it was all about that. And it was just, you know, I have to work, 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 work. And to this day, she still does that. Whereas my dad and, and the family that I grew up in, he took early retirement and he's quite content living in his little house that he's paid off and doesn't need to make more money. So really, we come from two very different backgrounds. One where, it, you know, it's important to have things like trips uh, and to go on, you know, excursions and to have nice things. Whereas my side of the family was, I'm quite content where I am and I'm happy that I have a plate on my table so I can eat. <laughs> so what I'm learning is it's actually quite good. My children are learning both sides. I was just going to ask how how do you how do your boys react to that when they 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 see the differences because I've dealt with this with clients before where you've got one family it's not necessarily so well off but they have very different ways of looking at money for some people it's security and I'm content some people it's like okay no I'm very ambitious in that so how how are they reacting to the differences so we're in the process of trying to coach our children I guess coach is a bad word we're trying to um I don't want to say influence either. <laughs> uh, we're actually just trying to help them understand that different people live in different ways. You know, like I said before, my, my eight-year-old is in a way different position. Like in school, they were learning about, and he's so in tune with these kinds of things as well. They were learning about uh, the quality of life. And when we go to Mexico, he make sure that he's paying attention to that in the different areas of Mexico compared to where we live. So he says, mom, what do you think the quality of life is here? Whereas my six-year-old wouldn't care as long as he has a beach and he has a palm tree and he can go, you know, jump in the waves. Whereas my other one is very much in tune with that. And, and to help them understand two different sides of living, what I, what I say to them is, you know, they like to they, they get whatever they want, right? They get brand new toys every time a birthday comes around. They get all kinds of things. And so we go through and we try to, you know, get rid of the things so we don't have too much stuff in our house. And we break it down to donate, keep, and garbage. And with the donate, we try to help them understand that their toy that they want to get rid of is brand new, and there are children who do not get brand new toys. And it's not a bad thing to have an old toy to make it new again. Yeah. And that's what we try to do with them is that sometimes if they're not playing with something, we'll put it away and then we'll bring it back again so that we don't always have to buy new because they're going to get it anyways. And to see those two different sides, I mean, my husband always likes to have things that are new and are in good working order, mm -hmm. whereas I don't mind buying secondhand. But when, you know... It's hard. It's a, it's a hard balance between the two. Um, you just have to kind of mold it in there and, and, and help them understand that there are different ways of living life. Does that make sense? It very much makes sense. And it's one of the things that I, I love and why I want to talk to you about it, because everybody's situation is a little bit different. But we need to be teaching our kids just different ways of questioning and looking at things so that they can make up their own minds and decisions if they're only presented with one way of looking at things. Last right. night, it was really quite funny. So I was reading uh, one of the Reddit posts and stuff. Uh, things rich kids didn't know that they were rich until this happened or whatever, something along that. And it's like, 
okay, because these kids live in these this, this isolated little world, and they're going, well, what do you mean not every member of your family has their own driver? Right. <laughs> and things like that. And it's like, they it's not that they're being bad kids or anything, but because of the world that they live in, they have no idea what the rest of the world's like. And I think it's up to us as parents to teach them that. Um, I grew up pretty sheltered, like in the sense of, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to go places or to do things. I mean, our family vacations were to go camping mm-hmm. um, or to go to grandma and grandpa's house. And I actually never set foot on an airplane to go to Mexico until I was 24 years old. Yep. You know, my kids have been to Mexico four times. Yeah. And they're not very old. <laughs> right. They've been to Florida. They've been to Disneyland. I didn't go to Disneyland until I was, uh, I'm going to say, almost 30 when I was a part of uh, Dreams Take Flight. And that was for, you know, underprivileged children, children with social and economical issues. And that was an eye opener for me. But I was 25, 27 years old when I did that. So, you know, for my children to experience this now, I'm also learning along the way because I didn't have my eyes open to the world until I was quite a bit older. And so now my but and and in this world, too, Tammy, they can see so much with, you know, with what is out there with the internet, with all of those things. And to try to, you know, you've got to, even if you have lots and lots of money, you still need to instill values in your children. You still need to allow them to see that the reason why they have such a lovely life is because of the work and dedication that we've put into it. This didn't just happen. I know for my family, that's how, you know, even with my husband, it didn't just happen. We worked for this. When you're dealing with people who have been handed down a business and it's already a, a very successful business and it already just takes care of itself, that's a whole different conversation. Oh, it is. And unfortunately, in a lot of the cases, it the, the rules are grandpa builds it, dad maintains it, and the grandson destroys it. Like, just right. look at the Eaton family and stuff. And there's so many that have been done that because they're taught very, very different things. And when you hit that third generation, a lot of the cases, they've always had money and this is always how it's been. And they've never had to learn, like, how do you make, how do you have to be creative to get the bills paid and and bring in money? Because it's always just been there. And there's that fear too. Like if you have money and you've always had money, you don't want your children not to go without money. Yeah. Right. So now it's going to be a very different. I mean, gosh, when I left to go to school, uh, my dad helped me. He helped me. He paid for um, my rent. And I lived on campus when I went to, and I, I went to BCIT in Vancouver. And that was $348 a month. Yes. I remember not having enough money for food. And I paid for my tuition. Like I got the loans and I paid for my tuition. So now what am I going to do? God bless my dad. He sent me a, a care package with uh, food in it and powdered milk. I said, I love you, dad. I'm not going to use that. <laughs> It's good for cooking. You can do a lot of stuff with powdered milk with cooking to make things better. Right. But that's what I had to learn. I had to learn how to survive that. I didn't even know what the cost of rent was. So if I were to go back, I would say to my dad, I wish you would have told me how much things cost. Yeah. Instead of, you know, leaving and trying to figure it out. But that's what I will hopefully instill in my children that, you know, you need to have a job in order to afford something. You want to you want to buy that. You have to pay for that. So even though my, now my children have money and they have a card, I've put a limit on that card. If they want to use that card, the limit is $20. Mm. Well, that's and then good. it's a Visa debit card. So if they use the Visa, the limit is $50. So 
going to ask you the the big question here as we as we wind up. So if you could have your kids learn three things by the time they graduate high school on the subject of money so that you feel a success as a mom, what are the three things you want your boys to learn? And have you heard that? Really get. You know, when it comes to um, finances, I would say I'm going to put finances towards the bottom just because. Okay. That's who I am. Have you heard the Tim McGraw song, Humble and Kind? I don't do country music, but okay. <laughs> you need to listen to that song just to hear the words in that song. And I ended up downloading that song because that is the number one thing that I want my children to learn. I want them to be humble and I want them to be kind. The number two thing that I hope that they learn is that it takes hard work and it takes dedication. Don't give up. Oh, I You're love, not going I love to get, that. You're not going to get where you need to be if you give up. You won't learn if you give up. You need to pick yourself up and learn from that mistake. And the number three thing is, if you want something, you have to go get it. Those are really good things. Those are really good things. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, a pleasure talking with you, my dear. You as well. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.